What up, people? Hello, hello, hello. Hey, hey, hey. Wait, this is Laura. I forgot my name. <laughs> I had to remember my name. <laughs> and this is Ardeen, and welcome to What Happens After Dark. Woohoo! What happens after dark? dark. What do you do after dark, Ardeen? <laughs> I go to bed too, alone. <laughs> I know. Hopefully for not very long. <laughs> yeah. I go to bed with Millie. <laughs> Hopefully we'll we'll have our our my beloved Felix very soon. And yeah. We gotta find you. I need to find a life partner. Anybody out there want to be my life partner? Hello. If you Please. like fluffy people, I'm fluffy. She likes tall, dark, and handsome. Yep, dark chocolate, baby, all the way. Hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> like my coffee black. Oh, yeah. That's a lie. I like it Once blonde. Once you go black, you don't go black. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that is the truth. Yes, yes. I've always had white men, and now that I have my Felix, there is no way in hell I'll ever <laughs> have anybody else. I'm telling you. And I've just been a good girl all my life. I've only been with one man in my whole life. Vince. Yeah. I have not ever been with anybody else except for Vince. <gasps> no, we got to get you going. <laughs> yeah. I know. But remember when I told you, like, you get your, you, you know, you have cancer. So then they take yeah. everything out and they create the vaginal cleft. And so literally I have no cervix or anything. So it's like this long. Where he inserts? Yeah. There's no room? I don't know. I got to talk to my other peaches who because have sex. Because your cervix is inside. I have, in. But I have no cervix. And they put the vaginal cluffs. They make that barrier lower. Oh. So I got to okay. talk to my peaches. friend Julie Carroll and Kelly Devine, y'all need to tell me how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> you, gotta you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you gotta make sure it's, it works. Yes. Because you know. I know I'm gonna have to have major lube because I don't produce anything yeah. anymore. Yeah. Gosh dang it. Now you guys know it's a lot have about to my stretch life. Stretch all over again. It's like oh. you're gonna be like a virgin. That, may, that makes my coochie like hurt. A virgin. <laughs> Just the thought the of it stretching like that. <laughs> it is going to be that way. Oh, my gosh. Who knows? I may never have sex again in this lifetime. That sucks. No. You're going to have sex before you die. <laughs> be like 90. <laughs> Give it to me, boy. <laughs> Help me open my legs. <laughs> I know. Don't mind those spider webs. <laughs> Not to insult any senior citizens out there. Yes. I'm sure your sex life is fantastic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 80s is the new 50s. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my body felt like it was, even though I'm in my 50s, I I'm wish it felt 50s, like I was 20s. But I feel like I'm in my 80s. Exactly. Girl. Oh, gosh. Well, we got some good things that we want to like, we've been making plans, like going to all these different um, haunted places so that we can do more paranormal. Yes. And um, what's the one I sent you? The Willow. What was that one? It was the Willow Weep House. It's oh, in wanna... Indiana. It's a house that was built in a in the shape of a upside down cross oh yeah now i remember that tiktok that yeah. one's coming uh also we have that frisco ghost town. oh yeah the we're frisco. gonna definitely have to go yeah. to that one we're gonna have to take a weekend that's more south to us like on our way down to my son zach mm -hmm. and where the lead cemetery is too with that old mine so maybe we can hit both yeah 
just not record for a weekend and just hit it. Just yeah, go like Saturday, Saturday and Sunday. And then come back sun- Sunday afternoon. Yeah, so that we can like knock those out. Yeah, yeah for we sure. we can go visit Zach. And then the... Because we owe him. We do owe you. Zach, I know you don't listen, but we owe you big time, bud. Love you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we were talking about the other ones that are in different countries, like the Japanese suicide... Cemetery. Some, oh, that's no, a forest. forest. Yeah. And they have these strings that you tie so you don't get lost so you just follow your string back Ooh! and they follow certain strings and it gets to a point and i think that's how they find most of the bodies oh gosh dang i don't know if i want to go physically see that one <laughs> i think i would but just be very careful careful and just go in so far like i wouldn't yeah. go past a mile i definitely will have my string so i don't I can find myself. Yeah, and we'll out. go as a group. So that yeah, we... as a group. It yeah. reminds me of the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit one. I think it's the second one, and they go into the forest, the mm-hmm. dwarfs and the Hobbit and um, Bilbo. And the forest is like they keep getting dizzy because the forest mm-hmm. like has all these gases, mm-hmm. and they're just like, oh my gosh, and they're it's weird. Yeah. So I picture it kind of like that kind mm-hmm. of situation. It's creepy, and there's this uh, forest in Romania that has a circle. So it's like a dead, perfect circle. Like, no is it life. near like where the the Chernobyl, the nuclear? No. No. Okay. I don't know my There's geography, guys. That a UFO landed, and that's why it's oh. dead because of the radiation. But there's crazy, crazy paranormal activity there. Oh crazy. wow. So I'm going to investigate, and those are coming up, those episodes. Uh, So we'll definitely have a story, and hopefully someday we can go and visit those. That'll be amazing. Yeah. There's a cemetery, I want to say in London, I can't think of the name, that the tombstones are from the 1700s, 1800s. Creepy as heck. Oh, wow. I mean, you can go. During the day, during the afternoon, at night, there's activity 24-7. And Trans-Allegheny, it's here in the United States. That one, we definitely have to find a way to go do it. We have to start saving or whatever. Is that the haunted, like, insane asylum that's, yes. like, in Virginia or something like yes. that? Yeah, yes. I want to go there. That one is 24-7. It doesn't matter what time of day you come in, there's something. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we got to go to that one. Like that is like to me the heaviest and most haunted place in the United States because there's activity twenty four seven. Wow! Did you hear that? Yeah, it was Millie. She hit the oh, blinds. Oh, she did. Okay, yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those are in our future plans. Yeah, our short term goals. Yeah to make it happen i was talking to a co-worker yesterday and she and her husband they're taking a trip across the united states well their end goal is um boston massachusetts for the salem witch trial oh. location and um they're gonna be going to gettysburg you know mm. where the gettys yeah and i was just thinking i bet there's like tons that would be such an amazing road trip if we could take a road trip and be able to go to like all these haunted places that are in america road 66 has oh, yeah. tons of ghost towns. Oh, yeah, Route 66. Mm-hmm. It starts in California and yep. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. That would be awesome if we could do that. 
Gosh, we just, we have so many goals. Guys, we need Patreon donors so we can take our show Please, on the road. we love you. Yeah, because it isn't just that we want to go visit those, but we want to be able to visit and give you guys amazing content, too. Yes. From and location. If we experience anything or if we get any evidence, I mean, that's just the yeah. cherry on top, like, to cover that episode, do our research, and then provide our own experience. I think that's just Yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully you yeah. guys. Goals in life, man. Yeah. <laughs> our bucket list. Yeah. We're old. Come on. <laughs> I know. Help, Help us, us out, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. So today I'm going to cover a criminal case. Ooh-hoo. Yeah. This is a Spanish serial killer. Camargo Barbosa. A.K.A. the Sadist of Changuito. Oh, gosh, that's an awful Changuito name. means small man. <laughs> yes. And he was, a, he was a rapist. He had 72 to 180 victims. Little Changuito was big on killing. Uh, so his method of killing was strangulation. Uh, or stabbing with a knife. Uh, the locations where he killed was Colombia and Ecuador. So he did two countries. Um, he was sentenced when he was uh, in uh, to 16 years in prison in 1989. Uh, the maximum sentence available in Ecuador. Now, I grew up in Ecuador, and I remember this guy. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he never came to our city, but we were on a very strict uh, curfew or lockdown. By 6 o'clock, before it got dark, teenagers especially had to be home by 6. Oh, my gosh. And we were in high school. Wow. Like, how far away was where you lived? Where it was Three hours? That's nothing. Yeah, that, oh, no, they can make that and then Uh, come kill you and be back. And go back and the next day is fine. So we were very strict. We didn't go to parties much at that time uh, because of this man. Uh, and military were the ones that were, um, you know, going oh. around the streets at night. and Like National get, Guard here yeah, in the States. Yeah. For us, is the military. We don't have National Guard, but yeah. we have the military. And they were the ones that, if they saw someone, they say, hey, you know, let's make sure you get home. So they wouldn't arrest him or anything, but it's like, dude, curfew is 6 o'clock. What are you doing? It's 7 o'clock. Yeah. So, yeah. That's scary. Especially girls and, you know, young teenagers. Yeah. Um, that was definitely a freaky-deaky time. Uh, Daniel Camargo Barbosa was a psychopathic serial killer from Colombia, South America. Right there. You said the word Colombia. Yes. Well, <laughs> I mean, that, say no more. Okay. <laughs> this episode is over. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's believed that he raped about 150 girls in Colombia alone. Oh my gosh. Yes. He had an overactive sex drive. <laughs> yeah. He was a spasmodic spermatozoid. What? <laughs> <laughs> say that fast three times. <laughs> He was a fast sperm. <laughs> I, we learned that term in high school with anatomy. 
Yeah, it's oh, like yeah. a crazy sperm. Oh gosh. Yeah. I never spasmodic, was... you know. <laughs> That's why they call people spas. Yeah. They're spasmodic and it's a sperm sperm. So oh, yeah, gosh. he was a spas sperm. <laughs> <laughs> and then in Ecuador he was killing during the nineteen seventies and nineteen eighties. Uh, his early life, Camargo's mother died when he was a little boy and his father was overbearing and emotionally distant. Of course. Yeah. He was raised by an abusive stepmother. Ding, ding, ding. Oh. Sounds familiar? Yeah, Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Who punished him and sometimes dressed him in girls' clothes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Making him a victim uh, for people to ridicule him. Oh. <sighs> Yeah. Okay, I feel bad for the child, but not who he not became. Not the adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, his crimes and imprisonment. He was first arrested in Bogota on May 24, 1958 for petty theft. And then Camargo had the facto union with a woman named Alcira. And they had two children with her. He fell in love with another woman, Esperanza, at age 28, uh, whom he planned to marry, but then found out that she was not a virgin. So he didn't want to marry her because... Because she was not a virgin. Now, back then... Son of a bitch. The Spanish <laughs> culture, if, Very. if you weren't a virgin when you married, you were not worthy. worthy. Oh, okay. You were considered a whore. Oh, gosh. So that's probably part of the culture back then. So this um, became the root of Camargo's fixations mm. with virgins. So, oh, I lost where I was. Okay, and he and Esperanza form an agreement that if he would stay with her, if she aided him in finding other virgin girls that he can have sex with. Oh, my gosh. Yes. This began a period of their partnership in crime. Esperanza was Camargo's accomplice, luring young girls to an apartment on the false pretenses and then drugging them with sodium siconol sleeping pills so that Camargo could rape them. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and, and they were teenagers, so he wasn't like kids. It was teenagers that he liked. So Camargo committed five rapes in this way but did not kill any of the girls. The fifth child that he had abused in this way reported the crime. And both Camargo and Esperanza were arrested and taken to separate prisons. Camargo was convicted of sexual assault in Colombia on April 10, 1964. A judge sentenced him to three years in prison. That's three. it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And Camargo was initially grateful for the perceived leniency of the judge, uh, swearing to repent and mend his ways. However, the new judge was given uh, precedence over the case of Camargo was sentenced to eight years. So this provoked Camargo in 1973. He was arrested in Brazil. Oh, no. He got very angry uh-huh. that he had to serve more time. Oh. So when he was released in 1973, he was arrested again in Brazil. Uh, for being undocumented. So, due to the delay in sending Camargo's criminal records from Colombia, he was deported and released in false over false identification. 
Oh gosh. No. So they couldn't they couldn't put him back in jail. So yeah. he had to be returned. That sucks. He took up a job as a street vendor in Barranquilla selling television monitors. One day when passing a school, he kidnapped a nine year old girl. No. Oh, so he did like him young sucker. Oh. Raping her and murdering her so that she could not inform the police like his previous victims had. This was his first assault of involving a murder. Oh my gosh. So Camargo no. was arrested May 3rd, 1974 in Barranquilla, Colombia, when he returned to the scene of the crime to recover the television screen that he had forgotten beside the victim. <laughs> oh my stupid. gosh. Uh, excuse me, little girl. I left my Business. I need to sell this. <laughs> oh my Even gosh. though it is believed that he raped and killed more than 80 girls in Colombia, oh, Camargo sh- was in prison in Colombia after being convicted of raping and killing the nine-year-old. He was intentionally sentenced, initially sentenced to 30 years in prison, but the sentence was reduced to 25 years. And Wait, 25 years only for raping and killing a nine-year-old baby. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. In those countries, there was no death penalty. Yeah. They didn't have death penalty. I don't think till this day. No. So, uh, and he was interned in the prison on the island of Gorgona in Colombia, December 24, 1977. In November 1984, Camargo escaped. Gorgona Island in a primitive boat after having carefully studied the ocean currents. He was smart. I think, well, we said it before, like serial killers are just very intelligent. They are. The authorities assumed that he had died at sea and the the press reported that he had been eaten by sharks. That if only that would have happened. Oh, that would have been nice. Save other people's lives. Yeah, just find his head. (laughs) (laughs) So he eventually arrived in Quito, Ecuador. He then traveled to bus to Guayaquil. That's like the beach area in Ecuador. Oh, wow. Uh, On the 6th of December, 1984, right when I'm in high school. I was in 10th grade. Oh, my gosh. On December 18, he adopted another nine-year-old from the city of Quevedo in the province of Los Rios, which is the rivers in Ecuador. And the next day, a 10-year-old girl also disappeared. So from 1984 to 1986, Camargo committed a series of 54 rapes and murders in Guayaquil alone. Oh, my gosh. The police at first believed that all the deaths were to work due to a gang, not understanding that one man could have killed so many. So they thought it was just a street gang, and it was involving many people. They couldn't possibly imagine that one man could kill that many. So Camargo slept on the streets and left off and lived off the money he could gain from reselling, get this, reselling his victim's belonging. Oh, no. What a creep. Oh, gosh. So Camargo selected helpless young lower class girls in search of work and approaching them, pretending to be a foreign who needed to find a protestant pastor 
in a church on the outskirts of the town. So he explained that he had to deliver a large sum of money, which he would show them as proof. And he often uh, explained that, uh, he often would tell them that he would give them an, a reward for helping him. So they would accompany him to show him the way. He pretended that, it's okay, <laughs> she's so cute. <laughs> She's she's licking, Millie is licking my crown chakra. Yeah. <laughs> my silly girl. Oh, so where was I? Sorry. So he explained how to deliver the large sum of money, which he showed them as proof, and he offered them to reward them if they would accompany him to show him the way. So he pretended that he was a stranger to the area and hinted at the possibility of the girls getting a job at that factory where he was supposedly going to deliver this money. Oh, my gosh. So no one was ever suspicious of an older man accompanying a girl or a young woman who could be his granddaughter. Camargo would then enter in the woods, claiming to be looking for a shark cot in order to avoid arousing suspicion in his victims. If the girls grew suspicious and drew back, he did not prevent them from leaving. But Camargo, if they did, then Camargo would um, rape his victims before strangling them. Oh, and sometimes stabbing them if they resisted. Does it say, stab, did it say what he stabbed them with? Or knife. Just with a, a knife. regular yeah, knife? Yeah, just a knife, yeah. After his victims were dead, he left their bodies in the forest to go be picked up and cleaned up by scavengers. Oh, my gosh. So he would just leave them there. I mean, the at the rate he's, like, murder, raping mm-hmm. and murdering people, shouldn't that be raising, like, a lot of red flags? Because that's a hell of a lot of pe- girls. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, it was, that time was insane. So then he was arrested by two policemen in Quito, uh, February 26, 1986, only a few minutes after he had murdered a nine-year-old girl named Elizabeth. Oh, man. The policemen were on patrol and approached him at a height of the Avenue Los Granados, thinking that he was acting suspicious. They were surprised to find that he was carrying with him a bag of containing the blood clothes of his victim. Oh, man. And a copy. Oh, and a copy of Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky, a book. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. He was taken into custody, but later moved to Guayaquil for identification. When he was arrested, he gave a false name, Manuel Bulgarin Solis. But he was later identified by one of his rape victims who escaped. So Daniel Camargo very calmly confessed to killing 71 girls in Ecuador since escaping from Colombia's prison. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He led authorities to the dumping grounds of those victims whose body had not yet been recovered. Mm. The bodies have been disembodied or dismembered. While he told the Ecuadorian authorities of the locations of the bodies and how the sadistic crimes were committed, he showed no feelings of remorse. So it was like, He's just a like us person. telling people, you know, we just came back from Pocatello, Idaho. It was yeah. Just, it was just like something that was just normal. Just so vacant. Yeah. Oh, Daniel Camargo. Oh, he said that very calmly. 
after raping his victims, he had hacked, slashed, and crushed the girls with a machete. No. He gave a cynical explanation for choosing children. He wanted virgins because they cried. And this apparently gave him the great satisfaction. So according to Camargo, he killed because he wanted revenge on women's unfaithfulness. Oh my gosh, dang. He hated them for not being what women are supposed to be. His victims were all virgins. That is just so freaking disturbing right there. Oh yeah, he killed a lot. It was insane and he went everywhere. And moving around like that probably made it harder for them to actually track him. Find him and track him down. Yeah. Oh, man. So there was an interview. It was in June 1986. Uh, Francisco Ferris Cordero. Now, I think there was a president that was Leon Ferris Cordero at the time. I believe his son is the journalist Ah. uh, for OI, which is the Spanish word for today, the newspaper. Uh And also, yeah, it's also the son of, the, at the time, Leon Ferris Cordero managed to arrange an interview with Camargo. So he was uh, difficult to get an interview due to the police blocking all access to Camargo and the fact that Camargo himself demanded a large fee before he would let himself be interviewed. Like he wanted to get paid. Oh my gosh, please. So the journalist pretended to be a part of a group of psychologists that were allowed access to the prison, allowing him to ask Camargo questions without arousing suspicion. So after Francisco Ferris Cordero described him as a highly intelligent, he had an answer for everything and was able to speak of good and evil equally. Mm. He was well-read. He cited Hess Vargas Losa, Garcia Marquez, these are all uh, famous writers from Ecuador. And he had a lot of knowledge from this literature. He was educated. And also from Colombia, I'm sure he was educated from there too. So uh, Camargo was convicted in 1989 and sentenced to 16 years in prison after killing all those people, 16 years. Oh, my gosh, that's nothing. It's insane. Yeah. The maximum sentence available in Ecuador at the time was 16 years. That was the maximum. So they didn't have life. No, I don't think they do. They still don't today. But they do do 25 to life now. They never did life. They didn't even put someone in, in prison for life back then. Oh, wow. Yeah. So while he was serving his sentence in the Garcia Moreno, the Quito jail, he claimed to have converted into Christianity. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I just know that it seems like every prisoner, they get to prison, and then they're like, I found Jesus. All's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And that's exactly what he did. And that is that cycle path in them, you know, trying to convince the outside, I'm okay to go out there. Yeah. Just so he can kill again. Yeah, no. Like this kid, Paris Bennett. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about this we're kid. We're going to have to do one on him, yeah. too. It's interesting. So um, in this penitentiary, he was imprisoned with Pedro Alonso Lopez, the monster of the Andes. Ooh. And he's my next episode. Yeah, ew. 
who is believed to have raped and killed more than 300 girls between Colombia, Ecuador, and Peru. Oh, my god. They were gosh. buddies in ah. prison. Oh. It was reported that in November 1994, he was murdered in prison by Luis Masache Narvaez, the cousin of one of the victims that ah. ended up in jail. And they killed him. And they killed him, yes. So Barbosa's first victim was a nine-year-old girl. She was very brutally raped. The crime occurred in Colombia, uh, Barbosa's native country. He was from Colombia. He was quickly arrested and soon thereafter convicted and sentenced to life in prison. And then he escaped and fled to Ecuador where he killed like 55 young girls. Gosh. Missing during the course of 14 months. We used to watch the news about this guy. And you would see that guy and you would never think. That he was this Like way. Ed Guy. You would never think he was capable. It was just this little piece of nothing. And the strength and the brain that he had, it was unbelievable. So the guy that killed him, like, I hope he, like, brutally killed him. I hope so, too. Mm -hmm. I hope so, too. So not, of the, not all of the bodies showed up, uh, but from the ones that did surface, uh, we know they suffered extremely brutal death. The victims had been hacked, slashed, and just tortured. <sighs> Uh, the police also found candy wrappers at the crime scenes, leading them to believe that the killer, lured, he lured them with candy. And kids in Ecuador are so naive till this day. They that probably is so felt disgusting. Very easy. Yeah. In June of 1988, police discovered the remains of another young girl. She was 12 years old, Gloria Andino. She was killed in the same manner as the previous victims. However, there was a slight difference at the crime scene. She was clutching a candy wrapper. This wrapper was bagged and tagged and, as evidence. And when later checked for prints, they soon discover one print that did not belong to the victim. Investigators searched through thousands of prints files and finally came up with the match print for Margo. <sighs> Bless all those victims. Yeah. Ugh. And their families. Yes. Yes. So around the same time, the police discovered who the murderer was. A patrolman stopped Daniel when he observed him behaving suspiciously near the area Gloria and Dino's body had been discovered. The officer questioned the man, then searched him. When he found a photo of an earlier victim in the Barbosa's pocket and decided to arrest him. Under intense questioning, Danielle confessed. He admitted to all the murders that he was suspected of and added a few additional ones. Oh my gosh. It's just every time he was killing, it was like a notch in his belt. Yes. Like, I got this and one. He was Could proud to admit it. Ugh. Can you imagine someone with their right mind, they would say, I killed this person, but he just added more on this. I killed this, uh, these other girls too. Like, he was proud of it. Well, the confessed murders uh, would soon amount to 71. Police asked him if he could take them to the location where they could find the latest girl's 
that came up missing, and he led them to six more victims. Oh, my gosh. He remembered every single one. Like, he... Wow. That's amazing. Well, I mean, I know he's a piece of shit, but that's just amazing that he could remember. Remember. Yes. Because a lot of serial killers, you know, they may remember some that are memorable, but then there's others, you know, they're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yep, that one too. He knew. I remember in the news they found a little girl that he had split her legs and torn. He had split her so hard. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So even though he was a small man, he had, like, He was very strong. Strength. Like, somebody who would take ecstasy and then just be so, like, out of control strong. Yeah. Oh, that just makes me want to barf Girl. Mm -mm. Yeah. I would be scared, too. Now I understand why they had lockdown and stuff. And our families were like, "Uh uh-uh, you come from school, you're not going out. Because our excuse was always we're going to the library to do homework. And no, it was just hang out. He's like, no library. Yeah. No. We would come home, have lunch, and we were stuck until they caught, captured them. Oh, gosh. Because it was the both of them. Mm. So, so the confessed murders would soon amount to 71. The police asked him if he could take them to the locations, and he took them to six more. Upon more questioning, pol- police learned that Camargo had, in fact, lured the girls with candy. He also said he used a ballpoint pen as bait. How do you use a ballpoint pen as bait? I don't know. Like Barbosa claimed that he liked the girls young because he liked virgins. He said that it gave him intense satisfaction to see them cry when they were raped. Oh, my God. Barbosa went to trial in 1989. He needs to have his balls shoved down his damn throat. Yeah, they need to shove And then he can poop them out and they'll shove them back down again. Yeah. <laughs> and shove a light bulb up his ass. Yeah. <laughs> See if it lights up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, not that one? Okay, let's try another one. Okay, yeah. not that one. Let's try keep doing it. <laughs> hey, you're smart. You can figure this out. <laughs> so, in 1989... He brazenly took the stand and told of the murders he committed in five different cities across the country. Although, despite the brutality of his crimes, he was only sentenced to 16 years in prison. That just makes me so mad. The maximum sentence in Ecuador. Why couldn't they have given him 16 years for each one he committed? Because then, basically, that would be life. Life, yeah. No. No, crazy. So sometime around 2005, once he was um, again on the streets, the chances of him uh, being extradited to finish out the remainder of his previous sentence are slim to none. Oh. This is the update. So on July 26, 1999, um, there was an email from Frank Gomez who informed that he, that Barbosa is dead. That in November 13, 1994, apparently he was killed in prison by another prisoner who happened to be a cousin of one of his victims. This is quite sad news for me. Mm. He had said the guy, this Frank guy. Yeah. Uh, Because he was looking forward uh, to, you know, 
interviewing him and making a release of his stories. I know, but it's better he's dead so he's he doesn't dead. get out and yeah. do more damage. So he was a psychotic serial killer from Colombia, South America, and it's believed that he raped 150 between Colombia and Ecuador. Uh, oh, is it repeating? Yeah, I didn't realize I was repeating it. That's okay. When I type up my stuff, too, sometimes I'm like, wait a minute. So I am so sorry. But, yeah, he was actually killed in prison. So that's nice. And what's that name again for small man? What was that name? Changuito. Changuito. I want to remember that. Changuito. <laughs> Changuito. Hey, Changuito. <laughs> what are you going to do now? I hope that the guy tortured him. Some way, yeah. In some so that way. he could feel some pain. Some pain. But he might be such one of those psychopaths that are so much like, I'm above all this type stuff that, you know, no matter what happens, you know, he might not, he might get pleasure out of it. Yeah, of, even if it's his own pain, I would yeah. think so. Yeah, it looks like he liked that. Ugh. Gosh. Did it ever say, like, what happened more, like, with the wife that got imprisoned with him at first? She was in prison, so it doesn't, once she went to prison, they were separated, and it doesn't say anything It didn't give more on her story. Her. Now, back then, they don't give you information of the victims yeah. for respect of the victims. I think that's, that's a culture yeah. thing. So it's going to give you, like, Elizabeth, the first name of but it's not going to give you much anymore. There's a few pictures, but that I'll share, but it doesn't give you the information who they were, how old they were or nothing. And it's just because it's a cultural thing to have respect for the dead. And I can understand that. Yeah. So, I mean, it would have been interesting to know, but to honor them, but I guess we'll honor them. Just by knowing that they were victims. victims And and hope they rest in peace. And and that their families have been able to find some kind of peace in such a monstrous thing. I mean, as we're moms, I mean, I can't imagine, like, you know, I don't have grandkids. You do. But so my daughters, like, you know, something like this happening to them, you know, unfortunately. Losing them alone is going to be something you could probably not get over. But losing them in that way. Yeah, in that manner. Knowing that how much they suffered. That's the part that just that's really That's what's going to haunt you forever. Yeah. Gosh, I hope I hope that guy got him. And I, I think he, that, I bet that man got put in prison on purpose so he could just slaughter that dude. Mm-hmm. Probably he committed a crime to go in there. He's like, uh, the most I'll have to serve is maybe five years. It'll be worth it. Yeah, I'll just go in and. Yeah. I think I found it interesting that he was cellmates with the Andes guy. Oh, and that story is 10 times worse. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Oh. We'll talk about the monster of the Andes, his buddy. Who knows? Maybe they were swapping stories. Oh, I bet they were. And ways to, like, kill. and Because mm-hmm. in their minds, they're thinking, okay, I'm going to serve, like, X amount of years. That's nothing. I'll get out. And, and I'll see you. I'll see you later. I'll see you on the outside. Maybe let's can, meet up and let's Yeah, take... let's meet up and do something. Crazy freaks. Yeah. Crazy freaks. No. Oh, my gosh. Well, that was a good one, Ardeen, but that was pretty gross. That was sad. I want to beat the shit sad. out of that guy. And I remember him from high school. I yeah. remember. And not so much the monster of the Andes. Uh, I remember him a bit, but it was more... Camargo. 
Wow. Yeah. All right. So. All right. So, hey, you guys can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, iHeart, Samsung Podcast Inbox, Deezer, Listen Notes, Stitcher, Pandora, Google Podcast, RSS, and tune in. Yes, and if you want to share any of your stories, if you have any questions, uh, if you want us to research something and bring it up on an episode, email us at whathappensafterdarkll at gmail.com. Yeah, we're looking forward to doing listener tales. We just need some tales to tell. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we need some, some stories from you guys. Uh, our social media is Facebook. You can find us under Luna Wad, W-H-A-D Lee, L-E-E. Instagram, we're on there at What Happens After Dark LL. TikTok, it's Wad 1210. So it's Wad, W-H-A-D 1210. And we also have a Patreon site. It's on patreon.com. You can find us uh, as What Happens After Dark. And please donate so we can continue with our searches. And because we want to make it special, we want to travel and actually try to experience some of these paranormal or even visit like famous, yeah, you know, sites where, you know, like let's say Charles Manson. And we want to be able to do like lives where you guys can come to shows and see us because we're both very funny. Yes. And you guys will have a good time. I'm and just telling you that forever. right now. Yes, just like we love you already. <laughs> yep, yep. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And Millie says thank you too. Hey, Millie girl, can you say thank you? Nope. <laughs> She's wiggling her ears. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Until thank next you, listeners. episode. Bye. Bye.